Football is back, and BetMGM is inviting new customers to join the huddle and enjoy the action like never before. Sign up today using bonus code CHAMPION, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. You'll also have instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, player props, and boosted odds specials. Just download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. The Bet MGM app is the perfect way to experience the excitement of wagering on live sports now in more markets than ever. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread Packages. Choose the package that's right for you with accessories like our cycling shoes, a heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited time offer ends December 6th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about magic memory rocks, ice cream truck hideaways, and the book, you know, the, the book that won, the, the book that killed my mother. I am Beth Alderkin, I'm joined as always by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? I love the idea that like in a, an emergency situation, your child runs up to you and be like, look, it's the thing, let me tell you about every memory I have attached to it. Not now, damn it. <laughs> The walls are collapsing and we're getting books. We're getting books. Don't worry. I got the book. I, I, I do appreciate, and we'll get into this, but I do appreciate that her mom was also packing away books, but Belle found one book. Amazing. I'm doing great. A little confounded. And uh, my sports watch is going to read me doing my 10,000 steps while I flail wildly while I talk about this episode. Yes, we are talking about season four, episode six, Family Business. And I, I'm sorry, every time I think of that title, I think about how the end of the first Santa Claus movie where the young boy insinuates he's going to kill his father by going into the family business. I'm going into the family. I'm going to push my dad off this roof. <laughs> That's how you make it happen. And I do have a bit of a, a low, sultry voice today. I would apologize, but why would I? Because I sound amazing. I'm getting over yet another... Uh, cold from from uh, from my own baby dragon. Uh, I I was telling Abby that <coughs> a coworker of mine told me I sound like Elizabeth Holmes, so I've been torturing Abby with mentions of Theranos, and she doesn't know what I'm talking about, and it horrifies her. I'm just like it's like it's, she's like no, you should definitely watch it. I'm like I'm good. <laughs> if this is what I have in store, I'm good. And I'm we, good. We, we we're, we're too busy talking about Bridgerton, which is going to be the subject of our next Patreon exclusive episode. Look for that later this week, you guys. So pumped, so pumped. But first, we need to get through this. Listen, I know I say this about a lot of episodes. This is a dumpster fire of an episode. It really is, and it's not surprising that this one got pretty poor reviews. Not like. In insanely bad reviews like this is the worst thing of all time but more just people being like 
uh, why is Belle regressing as a character? And that's a really good question. And the question I have at the end of it is, why is the evil mirror the only right person in this episode? I, listen, I spent this whole episode just raging against the fact that they, not that I've been a huge Bell fan, I'm not going to act like hundreds of hours of, of audio exists of me saying the uh, otherwise of her being a good character. Uh, but, like, this episode just makes her even worse. Like, enough for me to be like, I was like, sometimes you just don't like a character or whatever, the choices or whatever. This was just legitimately bad. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I hate Belle more than Rumpel. And then Rumpel comes in in, the, like, the last couple of minutes and just goes, don't worry. You'll still hate me the most at the end because I'm about to gaslight the hell out of her. It's like, okay, cool. At least the world ended up balanced at the end. Uh, but still, this was a this was a tough, this was a tough episode. It really was. I mean, in this episode, we're, you know, trying to to unpack, trying to figure out the truth behind how the Snow Queen has known Emma since she was a child, since she was a teenager. And and also trying to figure out where Anna is because Elsa needs to be in every episode, understandably, but she also has nothing to do and they don't give her a new outfit. So every episode, she's just in a different place, looking through a different book, hoping for a different result. I I love that the last episode was her mad about uh, looking through books or looking through boxes. But then this episode, she's like, ah, maybe I'll go to the library and find a book with all of the secret family information that uh, should have never left our shores. Uh, there, surprisingly, a lot of information gets dumped in this episode. Like, we go from 1 to 11 very quickly on just like, oh, well, Ingrid has this plan with Emma. And then by the end of the episode, there's more family members, there's structure to the tears and the memory stuff, and then suddenly Emma's involved, there's these runes that is supposed to read as a prophecy, but it more sounded like a journal that Ingrid wrote. The savior's name is Emma. She's going to be my new sister. It's going to be great. Heart, heart, heart. And here's the whole thing. They talk, they call it a prophecy, but I actually have the translation from the fan wiki. And it's, it is a journal. It is not a prophecy. It says, quote, I have traveled the world near and far. My search knows no bounds. My obsession will not leave me. My search will continue to the ends of the earth. One thing I know for sure, the name of the savior is Emma. The savior shall be my sister. The family must be complete. That doesn't sound like a, that's not a prophecy. That's your live journal that you, you put into a, a coded language so that no one could read it. I I love I love it like and there's also so many very sad lines that are just said not supposed to sound sad um Anna says one and then Ingrid says the other one and it's just one of those guys this is just kind of a bummer like this whole thing is just a bummer and the whole time Belle is at an energy level that does not match anything else she's so chaotic but the secret revealed is not as chaotic as she's acting. Like, until they reveal what it is, it sounds like you're, we're about to see Belle actively stabbing Anna. Like, I was the one that killed her. <laughs> yep, watched her die. Watched her die. I'll Pushed have to lead you to where myself. she's buried. No, but instead, she, you know, she was prone and she could have easily gotten on her hands and knees like 14 times to get the rock. But instead, she just like... Uh, reach. I got to reach with my body in this position. 
I was just like, can I go for the rock or can I go for the person? And the fact that she does lunge for the rock, absolutely, there's, there's nothing about this that makes any sense in a character. And I also, where does the line, we're going to have to talk about it because I'm just skipping all over the place. But there is a line that Belle says that I want to make sure that we talk about. But she like looks Rumple dead in the eye and she says, she's like, a hero, what does she say? She's like, a hero doesn't let strangers suffer. I don't remember what she said. She says some really she says, weird convoluted line. A hero line. always helps a stranger in need or something like that. It's so... I was like waiting for Anna to say it and just for it to be another thing that people repeat that Anna says. Uh, but that's not what happened. It was just like some weird ploy that Belle thought that she would get by Rumple. We need to... let We need to start let's, at the beginning. Let's, let's dive into this episode. We... So a lot of this episode is about Belle harboring this great grave secret. It's why she has apparently been lying to Elsa this entire time when she could have very easily put together a lot of pieces about not not only who, um, hey, I, random thought, and we can, we can unpack this at the end. Um, does this mean Belle knew that Ingrid was a Snow Queen the whole time? I think so, because I think the only person who doesn't have her memory wiped of seeing or viewing Ingrid in the in the past is Belle. And that does have the implication of just Belle just sitting around, just like wringing her hands, being like, I hope no one asks me any questions. I'll just hide in the library. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, so we first are back in the Ogre Wars, although for some reason they call it the Ogre's War, and it made me very upset. So... I, I, again, I have some questions about timeline stuff because how long, like, I guess I know that, like, the reason they summon Rumple to, like, like, Bell, like, eventually, like, apparently she summons him herself. Like, that's the other thing that gets retconned here, which upsets me, is that, like, for this war, but, like, does, isn't it canonically that Rumple fought in a war way before the rest of these fairy tale creatures really existed? Like, there's like a, like the, his stuff before he turned into the Dark One was a little bit further back on the timeline than everybody else's. Well, that's why it's the Ogre Wars. It's like Ogre War 1, Ogre War oh, 2. Oh, I see. Combined, the you great, call it the Ogre Wars. So this there's is, the Great War. Yes. There's the Ogre War WW2. Uh, the Cold Ogre War. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's what I'm assuming is that this has just kind of been a repeat thing because this Ogre War is not the same as the other one. And in fact, I remember, I believe in season one, uh, Rumple is talking about like his experience with the Ogre Wars. Like he knows how ugly these wars can be and how um, how devastating the ogres can be. Also, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we're seeing an ogre up close and personal. Like this, I, they've always been like a, a figure in the distance, and they should have kept it that way. Holy yeah. cow! Okay, mm. so we open on Belle's mother. We learn it's Belle's mother, and the castle is the castle that Belle lives in is apparently being um, raided by ogres, and like you can hear, like the the walls are shaking, and they're trying to figure out how to evacuate. Now. I would just say this right now. I know that this is a fairy tale thing, but guys, when you have to evacuate due to some sort of dangerous situation, um, just don't take anything with you. Just leave. It's the first thing they teach you in active shooter training uh, is that like, if something starts happening, just leave. You don't need to take anything with you. Holy cow. But they're putting books into, into cases. 
I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah, books are, I'm moving right now. I just, I just packed up my bookshelf. Books like that are heavy and cumbersome. It's just, it's just designed to be like, hey, books are really important to Belle because they killed her mom. And, and it's, it's, this, this, this read like really bad fan fiction. Belle can just like books. She doesn't need it to be some sacred relationship to her mother. Belle can just like to read. There's, I, I, I would love to know a poll on this, but a lot of the bookworms that I've met in my life don't come from long lines of bookworms. It is just a, a habit they picked up in childhood, often to disassociate with something bad happening, but sometimes for regular reasons. It's not like a, a family trait. Like, sometimes it's like, I like to read, but I also like to consume every Kindle Unlimited book I can get my hands on. Like, there's just, there's fairies. Anyway, she's taking all these books as if it's some sort of, like, Library of Alexandria situation. It's just like, I have to save all these books. This is the knowledge of the universe. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, you're just saving Lord of the Rings. Everyone's got a copy. It's fine. Uh, and so this is when young Belle runs <laughs> and she runs in again, the walls are shaking. There is a mass evacuation happening and Belle holds up a book and she goes, mom, this is the book I've decided to take. You know, this book. Do you remember this book? You read it to me. This is the first book you really read to me. I've loved it since I was a child. Remember, remember the book that you gave me? It reminded me of a thing like my five-year-old does this. But, like, not in a case of an emergency situation, but it's just one of those giving me context for things that I already know. But Belle is a fully formed human being. Like, this is a grown-up person having a very childlike moment around this book. Yeah. And it's, it's the... Yeah. I feel like this scene would have read a lot better if they just cast a child in this scene. Like, they could have easily cast a child in this scene and had everything happen the same. You know, she could wake up as a little girl, see her mom dead, flat, you know, quick cut to 10 years later, Belle's a young woman. She still doesn't know the truth about what happened to her mother and it's eating her up inside. And you can cue the rest of the flashback. It still doesn't justify it, but it would just, this is not the actions of a young adult. No. Also the fact that she's knocked out and then is baffled by the fact that she doesn't remember what happens, that tends to happen, Belle, when you're unconscious. Um, but, like, and just to just to make sure, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I always try to walk this line with the fact that how much we, we hate the whole Belle and Rumple thing, so I just want to make it clear that the way that this scene read was so bad, this is how much better it could have been, even if Belle was fully an adult to put it in this timeline. Of Belle being like, yes, I've got everything I need. And holds up a book. Says nothing about the book. And her mom does something sweet. Like, holds her chin, like, in her face. Like, in her hand. And just goes, sweetie. Like, it's just like a moment like that. And then later, Belle is telling Rumpel about it. Being like, the only thing I wanted to save was this book. This is the book that she read to me. Like, her giving context to a person who doesn't know the context. That would make more sense. As opposed to her telling something Again, I know every single book I've read to my child. If he came running in during a fire to hold up Good Night Darth Vader and explaining to me how great and t- <laughs> just like, do you remember this book? Remember this book? Get out of the house. <laughs> get get all the way out of the house. Anyway, Belle passes out because an ogre comes in. I love how vaulted their ceilings are that it fits an ogre. So the ogre comes in. CGI is terrible. And they are found immediately. 
And I love how big and dramatic they make Belle's dress in this. It looks fantastic. Belle looks fantastic in this, but it's just like she's splayed out with her big blue dress. Like, I hope they don't find us under this under this dining room table. But they, the, the ogre does. She passes out or whatever. Wakes back up to find her mom not just dead. Like, not just like she's dead and we're finding her body and they're just like, Belle, don't come in here. This is the remains of your mother. There's a, she's in a coffin. There's mourners. How long has Belle been unconscious or just blacked out from reality? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing a couple days because funerals like this can usually happen pretty quickly. I'm more curious where they are. Are they at their backup palace? But it also does seem like it, yeah, like this is their one at the Cape. Like, this is our, this is our second, sorry, this is our vacation castle. And this whole thing just doesn't make a lot of sense to me because, A, again, like I said, she's passed out. Why would she remember? But why wouldn't someone just tell her, just be like, she died protecting you? That's all you need to tell her. But instead, Belle spends many sleepless nights just reading her book. I like that her dad doesn't knock on her door. She's sitting there reading by the candlelight, and he just pff, opens the door. Belle, you should be asleep. What are you doing? <laughs> Did you just burst into her room thinking she should be asleep? Sir, I have questions. The, these scenes between the father and daughter were horrible. These were these were such bad scenes. You know, Maurice and Belle have never really had the best relationship throughout this show. They've made that very clear. But he's not written like a person who just lost his wife. He's not written like a person who's grieving. He's not written like a person who's who is legitimately trying to spare his daughter pain. He's written like a plot device. He might as well be the the and he's like you have the memory stone. He's the anti memory stone. He, you know, he's he he is he is a device to get Belle where she needs to go so she can leave just like Anna, come back with nothing and then get the answer she needs back at home. I I'm also surprised with how we end up finding this lines up in the grand scheme of things timeline wise that they wouldn't have at least dropped Gaston's name. Because if we butt this up timeline wise, it's this the last scene of this happens and then the next time we see Belle is when uh, Rumpelstiltskin shows up and she throws herself uh, into his servitude as as what a hero would do. Yeah, I'm guessing... Well, I'm guessing this also happens... Does this happen after... No, no, this is before the Yahweh because the Yahweh was when she got kicked out of Rumpel's place and she yeah. was like, I'm going to go f- fight with Mulan and find Prince Philip in the form of a monster. Uh, no, there is just a, okay. Anyway, anyway, Belle, I love this. The dad just like, no, we'll never find out about it. I will take this. I will take the secret to the grave. Shuts the door. And then Belle telling no one, dictating to no one. Sorry, father. This is something I have to do. <laughs> and then magically goes to Arendelle. No. Yeah. She goes yeah. to Arendelle, right? Yeah, just she's magically. in Arendelle. I thought this was a tough journey. It killed Elsa and Anna's parents. Kristoff told and Anna and Elsa were just like, "Holy shit, she went to she went to Misthaven. That's a perilous journey. She might not come back." But apparently, goes. it's just a jaunt now. She can go I, there in her little. What was this outfit? Why was her little coat? Why did it? 
Why did it look like a cheap knockoff like Santa Santa's little helpers outfit with thigh highs? I I listen, Belle's thigh highs in these last couple of seasons have been hysterical to me. Like it's just like it's just randomly just like, you know what? Girl's got legs, which she does doesn't make sense as to why she's wearing these. Um, but she just, she ends up at, and this is just so we can make sure that we have yet another thing from Frozen. Cause I feel like they need to have a, like a picture of every single thing from Frozen and they have the little like, um, hut thing, uh, the little outpost that, uh, that Belle stops into to ask, I'm going to put a pin here quick to go backwards real quick to talk about. Elsa and Anna to explain what happens in the outpost. Oh my god. So so much. Anna gets back. Mm -hmm. Is explaining things to Elsa. Realizes that Elsa is not reacting the right way. uh, The way that she thinks she should be acting like when her like the way she normally acts when her parents are around by being all like crazy and covered in snow. Elsa's just like oh yeah my cool new teacher has been teaching me to do this and suddenly appears uh ingrid whose collar just keeps getting bigger just she's like the she's like doug dimmodome from fairly odd parents it just continuously gets bigger to the point where it's out of frame yes (laughs) i'm uh, ingrid dimmodome um and she's like yeah i'm your i'm your aunt (laughs) elsa somehow being the only one with sense at the moment just being like my mom never talked about you. Like she's suddenly having her stranger oh, you danger mean Anna moment. because Elsa is like. Oh no! Yeah, I mean Anna. Yeah. I meant Anna. Yeah, Anna is having a stranger danger moment of just being like, "What's the safe word? We have a family safe word, and we're not allowed <laughs> to get in the truck with you unless you know the safe word." I know that I've seen you a thousand times in my life, but if you don't say the safe word, I'm not getting in. And Elsa's like, "Yeah, she has snow powers, just like me. It's amazing." So then. Anna goes to Kristoff and is just like very loudly talking about it. I couldn't possibly tell Elsa that my parents were afraid of her and wanted to get rid of her powers. They couldn't possibly. I hope no one overhears this. Anyway, I have to go talk to Grandpappy. I gotta go. And I love that Kristoff's whole thing for the season has just been stand near the stables and go nowhere. Just that sounds good, Anna. See you later. Yeah, stand near the stables and then crack a joke about how Anna was going to marry a guy that she met after two days. I swear that's the only joke that they give him. And he's really charming. Like, I loved his little follow-up of, like, you met me the next day. I did, I did chuckle at yeah, that. Yeah, that was cute. But I, we've also heard this joke from him at least three times in six episodes. So as someone who has worked in a manufacturing facility, a lot of the times, guy, the guys that work in manufacturing, they, they when they find something funny, they're just going to just beat it to death. And they're going to say it every single time because it makes them laugh at a certain point. It doesn't matter if you make it laugh. So he is going to tell that joke for the rest of his life. <laughs> he is going to say it constantly. Oh, no. It's like the marriage of, like, uh, have a little sugar in your coffee and, like... It doesn't matter if it's been uh, five months or 50 years. You, you, you got to laugh at it anyway. Oh, no. Kristoff's already doing the dad jokes. He's just be like, wow. Son. Wow, this coffee tastes like mud. What can you expect? It was ground this morning. Ah! So. <laughs> so anyway, Ingrid overhears this. Dun, dun, dun. So to prepare for her journey to go talk to Grandpappy, uh, Stone Troll, she goes to the outpost, which is where she runs into Belle. 
Belle is trying to get... She's trying to get information about how to get to the trolls. And the guy's just like, just use my sauna. I am not here to give you a, a direction to magical creatures. Here is my sauna. <laughs> it's amazing. And the whole time, Anna's just like in the back watching. Just like, oh, a person. I should be friends with this person. Oh. And that ends up what happened. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'll help you get there. That's also where I'm going. Let's go together. I overheard you have a dead mom. So do I. Bonding. Yeah, I heard you're part of the dead mom's club. Me too. Oh, my God. And I just, again, it's awkward. But at the same time, Anna is, you know what? I feel like I'm more uh, sensitive to this now that COVID and lockdown stuff has happened. Anna's been locked up for so long, interacting with the same couple of people zero social skills it suddenly starts making so much more sense like she's been released into the world and cannot talk to people relatable (laughs) oh your mom's dead i'm sorry (laughs) sorry it's just i can't keep my inside thoughts inside anymore i don't know how i've been talking to a cat for 18 years um or a painting she talks to paintings and as they're kind of talking about it they're becoming friends and like she falls and the magic sorcerer hat container falls out And then, so here's going to be my question moving forward. Because what ends up happening was, why do you have such a powerful thing? Oh, because I tricked it from a guy. I hope you never meet him. It's funny because it's Rumpelstiltskin and she marries him. But then she doesn't tell him her name, his name. But then Belle knows it later. I think that I think the way they, from when I remember, they went, wrote around it by Bell saying like, "I was told about this dude. I did more reading. I found out his name." So I was laughing because the, the yeah. books they so, answer all. And to be fair, I was gonna be like, "Who?" I I had this thought after I ended the episode. I'm like, "Who is this person writing all of this sensitive information into books for everyone to find out about it?" And then I remember the answer to that: the author. <laughs> Just like, oh my god, this guy has written so many books. So, he writes books inside the books. It's, it's like he's like the uh, he's like the literary equivalent of of the the writers in Skyrim. They write books that you find when you're exploring the game, or in like I'm playing replaying Witcher three right now, and like you find so many books in that explain lore or just tell a story inside the story of the game. The author he's a busy he's a bit busy person. They're busy Listen, person. when all you're doing is writing, he's like that one. There's like a sci-fi author, and I don't remember his name, unfortunately. Uh, but there's like a sci-fi author that is pumping out book after book. And they're good books. And it's just like every time someone brings up George R.R. R. Martin, they're like, yeah, but this book guy is pumping out book after book. Like, he just doesn't want to write them, I guess. Anyway. Abby, is it L. Ron Hubbard? Because he wrote a lot of books. <laughs> it is not L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> He did write a lot of books. Were they good? Uh, no. He's did they start a religion? Writing a lot Technically, of books. yes. He is currently an alive person writing a bunch of books. Yes. Yes. Yeah. L. Ron Hubbard will never die. Uh, oh, no. Like, uh. So so they get to Grandpappy. I love... I. My theory is they didn't want to spend a lot of time on this animation. So it was just like, Grandpappy, this is my friend Belle. She has some, I know the questions that you seek. Here is a stone. Get out of my face. And she <laughs> fully leaves. Like, it is the quickest, most nonsense scene. And I do like it because it is a MacGuffin that never gets used. It's just a, here is the stone. Boil this in tea and you'll get your memories back. Okay, bye. Belle is on screen with Grandpappy for all of 10 seconds. Amazing. She spent... 
what I assume months traveling to get to Arendelle, and then there's this guy going, here you go, it's Rose Quartz. <laughs> Leave it out in the moonlight, charge it up, and then put it in your herbal tea. You'll remember everything. Yeah, so this whole thing was very funny to me, because like there are conceivably other people in the Enchanted Forest, like Rumpelstiltskin, who could restore memories. And I actually, like... I read the translation for that rock troll thing that that she cited as proof that she should go to Arendelle for it. And it says in there that like some earlier scholars even went so far as to say they have the ability to restore memories that have been lost. So like it's not actually proof. It's like some well, some scholars say they might be able to do it. And like that's all the proof she needs to like go on this giant journey that took her away from her home for for well i mean we'd say for a long time but let's be honest this is season six season seven game of thrones territory got going on she just like she took the hyperloop i like i like that i like that bell has fallen into some sort of fake news like covid vaccine well i read a survey one time <laughs> written one time from another guy that apparently a million people have died from the vaccine, so I'm not getting it. It's just like I read in a book somewhere that I found one time that this rock will give me another rock and I'll have my memories back. So I will travel for months. I will spend a year of my life crossing this dangerous sea. So she gets the rock. Anna is like, okay, cool. My turn. Grandpappy apparently does not need to, doesn't want to use the magic to just take this out of Anna's head. She makes Anna, he makes Anna explain it. I was like, hey, this lady named Ingrid showed up. I don't understand what's going on. And this is my favorite interaction of the entire episode. Oh, I know lots about this, but I was sworn to secrecy by the royal family. Okay, but, like, can you please tell me? Okay, Ingrid was born. It's like, <laughs> you were sworn to secrecy. You rolled over that hard. Damn, Grandpappy. Well, Pappy. she's part of the royal family, so conceivably, like, if she says, hey, you have to tell me. I'm the royal family now. Does he have to do? I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just like, maybe that's, he's like, well, you count. So listen, I'm of the belief. If you swear an oath to one person, you're not like, you know what I mean? Like it would have to have been like the ghost of your dead mother will need to come back and tell it. It doesn't matter. He just expounds this whole thing just very quickly. Your mother was the youngest of three daughters. There were, there was uh, Ingrid and Helga and then one day they just disappeared. So then no questions asked. I erased the memories. Dr. Strange, Peter Parker style of everybody in Arendelle to just forget that they existed. And we did that. And it's fine. I see no problem with that. But apparently I didn't think to check the books. Because I, uh, the book uh, shows up with that information later. Yeah, I didn't check the books or, like, past the shorelines of Arendelle because maybe that's how, that's, like, the memory of Ingrid and stuff was not, like, wiped from, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Anna's like, okay, cool, I have to go stop Elsa because, or stop Elsa from, like, hanging out with Ingrid because something's weird, something weird's going on. So Elsa, not Elsa, I keep saying Elsa, Anna and Belle are then, like, on this cliff and they're getting ready to climb down. But then Anna falls. So Belle is having this, like, some sort of, like, Sophie's Choice, like, piano decision, like, of being like, do I save the entire person or a rock? A rock I could turn around and go get replaced? 
mm-hmm. or this human being whose mother is dead. Not that her mother being alive would mean she'd be able to be replaceable, but I'm just saying, like, this is a human life and a rock. I, hmm. Okay. Hmm. So she reaches forward, still on her belly, and, like, touches it with the tips of her fingers, and it then goes off and shatters. When all she had to do is get up on her knees and then reach over and grab it. Yeah. Like, expend any calories, Belle. Just do literally anything. Yeah, there was there was literally no like all of this was just so contrived to make Belle have this deadly dangerous choice that didn't make any sense. And and can I also just kind of tangent into another thing that doesn't make sense in this? Of course. The fact that they had to climb a cliff in the first place. Cuz I've seen Frozen. Okay? We've what? We, we yes, I've seen it once or twice. I I have. It's not a bad movie. Amazing. So in the movie, like the fr- movie opens with a bunch of dudes on a fro- the frozen water, which leads to the sea. And, and then like they're heading back and they presumably don't go up a giant hill with all these things of ice. And then they see the, the you know, king and queen with Elsa and Anna race by and then Sven follows and they stay on flat ground the whole time. I don't think the trolls were up a giant cliff. So it has been a little bit since I've seen Frozen. But if I'm remembering correctly, Anna, Anna and Kristoff are at the rock trolls. She is, they, they sing that he's a little bit of a fixer upper. And then Anna hits the ground because she's suddenly freezing and needs to be kissed by her one true love. Kristoff scoops her up and then runs. He admittedly does run straight downhill but he is running as fast as he can to the castle. He does not have to climb down anything with her to get her from the rocks, the rock trolls, to the castle. The only time they climb is when they are in ascent of Elsa. Yeah. And the only thing they were trying to reference there was just to be like, oh, well, Kristoff makes it so look so easy. That's literally the only reason they had to do that. And then the contrived thing. Like, it was like, there's a joke at the bottom, and then she dies at the top. That was the point of the plot. And it just, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. Uh, but she falls. Anna fully falls. She's dead. From a very high she, distance. She broke her back. She's dead. This is a dead person. And she just, she, I love how like demure, she just like, ah, I'm on the go. Like, ah. like, I think maybe like her, her wig and her little puff hat thing maybe just supported her head so she didn't get a concussion. Just, and that's when Ingrid arrives. And in yet another series of amazing choices by Belle, Belle then screams, Don't touch her! You're a mile away. What's <laughs> the plan here? And she has ice powers. Yeah, like, what are you doing? So yeah, Ingrid appears, and she looks down at Anna and is, like, monologuing like a villain, be like, oh, we could have been a family, but you had to go and ruin it. Oh, well, time to end this. And then just, then she looks up at, uh, at Bell, and one of my favorite things, and I'll, I'll think about this forever, is there's a Family Guy joke of just being like, I love it when they say the name of the movie uh, in the movie, and you just see him just be like, it's a good day to die hard. <laughs> and it's just like this weird like little like uh, lemur laugh just <laughs> every time you mention the title. And she looks up at Bell and she goes, sorry, dear, this is the family business. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> she said it. 
She said it. She's like, and I'm going to kill my, I'm going to kill my niece. <laughs> I'm going to kill my niece so I and can become Santa, Santa Claus because <laughs> I want to rule over winter. And then so Belle then makes this very quick trip with, by the, does she take the sorcerer's hat with her? No. Ingrid No, she it. doesn't have the sorcerer's hat with her. So she, so she goes home again. Anna has been like now broken back and everything. She goes back to Aaron or goes back to the enchanted forest months past for her to get back home. And she, she goes in. She's like, father, I went to go retrieve a rock to put in my tea so I could remember. And he goes, why did you do that? That's idiotic. Your mother died saving you. They came back and found her body all ripped apart, but you were saved. I didn't want to tell you that because it's terrible. And you seem to upset easily. And she's like, oh my God, I need to go. We need to talk to Rumpelstiltskin. And then it's like a day later, I guess, Rumpel shows up and put, takes her back to his castle. A weird, it doesn't break the timeline, but it is confusing as like yet another person that knows Anna. Yeah, and it's yet another, like, it's yet another, like, connection between Belle and Rumpel that we did not need. We didn't need her to know who Rumpel was. In fact, I think it was better in this first season when she really didn't seem to be that aware of who he was, just that he was powerful and dangerous. And she was not aware of the arrangement. That's the impression I got in season one, that she, in in the, spur, in, in the heat of the moment, made that sacrifice. This makes it seem like it was all pre-planned. I'm well, going to do anything it takes. Well, it also... It also- when they first show her making that decision, it just seems like a very sheltered child making the decisions of a bookworm who's never left her own castle walls. As opposed to what we now can like put in there is that this was a girl who has just returned from a very long and arduous journey uh, and made some like put darkness in her own soul due to a rock choice, missed her mother's funeral, I assume. And has come back and decided to bring this to help end the Ogre War. But then, like, it, that's not the bell we get in that scene. No. We get a sheltered, not a well-traveled, super well-read woman, which is what she is at the end of this episode. Uh, in the past, at least. And it's just like, I also, I don't know. I'll, we'll have to track it going forward. But every time there's a memory problem, the fact that they don't just buzz off to Arendale to talk to the rock trolls to get uh, stone quartz to put in their tea blows my mind. Yeah. There's There should never be another memory problem for the rest of their lives. Ever. Yeah. I don't, and I, I don't feel like they should have made this something that was accessible for everybody. No. Because if it was accessible to just like a, a scared, sheltered bookworm uh, with dreams of being a librarian to travel to a completely different country and make it back all in one piece with no guide. Like she was asking a guy at an outpost about legendary creatures. Like what? So anyway, that I, that happened. Yeah. So that happened. Anyway, back to the future where rebel is just sitting around going, sure. I hope no one looks at me and asks me any questions. Yes. Yeah. This whole episode, uh, uh, Belle is acting sus as hell. Um, so Belle shows up at, uh, Rumpel's, um, shop and, uh, and is like, Hey, we got, we got to go. Emma needs to talk to us. And then we get to see the video of Ingrid being Emma's foster mother. And, um, and then Emma's like, look, I was there. It looks like I was there for six months. I don't remember a lick of it. Something's going on. 
we need answers. So we need to find out where her shit is. And they're like, well, she cleaned out her shop already and no one knows where she's hiding. Uh, and of course, our, our, our sweet, innocent little baby boy, Henry, who still, whose ears perk up at the sound of the ice cream chuck goes, well, what about her ice cream chuck? I'm a child. That's something I care about now as a young child whose voice hasn't changed and puberty hasn't set in like a ton of bricks. I, I love the idea that Ingrid is running like a double business. Like there's a truck and then there's a shop. You can't run them both. Like what kind of hours is she working? Holy cow. Get it, girl. Girl boss. Yeah, she, she would need another employee in order to But apparently to she's just living there. <laughs> well, I think she just, yeah, she, she just, she's abandoned it in the woods solely for people to find it because we got to the, the ice cream truck in the middle of the woods and Ingrid is there just very suspiciously looking around and walking away because that's what she does all the time because we have to believe that she is in control of everything which considering uh, how long she's been following emma and tracking emma it kind of it checks but it also doesn't check when you figure out her final plan like it's no it do, the, the pieces do not fit, but we will get there. No, but she's also hold, she's also walking away suspiciously as the others are walking up. She's not in camouflage. She is fully in a white gown in the woods. How do they not see her wandering away from this, the truck? She's just leaving like these snail trails all across the town. She just crisscrossed across each other. Maybe they're pacing in a circle for the time she had to wait for like 45 minutes for them to show up. And then she's like, oh. I, I, I hear them in the distance. Now is my time to ominously walk away. Just, I love how slow she walks all the time. Like nothing seems like, and she says a lot of like really out of pocket things about how in control she is, but she's clearly not in control. But the fact that she just walks around slowly and talking in this very chilled out register. I love this. She, she's, she's a girl boss. She's, she's the Elizabeth Holmes of once upon a time. Everything is under control. And nothing is going to blow up spectacularly in her face. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So they find the um, they find the ice cream truck in the woods, but not before Robin Hood uh, has this moment with Regina because there's still that tension there where he she's like, look, you got to forget about me. You need to go fall back in love with your wife. Leave me the hell alone. Go away. And like she's convincing in this episode. I something tells me. Something being, I've seen the rest of the series. Not gonna stick. Not gonna stick. No, but it does like give off these like really creep vibes of just being like, like it's a married guy telling his mistress like, I don't love her. I love you, but I have to be married to her. So you understand like, do you understand how hard it is for me? Understand what you're putting me through. I understand that you're trying to put uh, bring her back to life for me. Uh, I don't have. I'm not going to unpack how much emotional baggage that is, but me hard. I have two women that desperately want to date me and ki- make kisses on me. And I just, it's so hard to be me sometimes. Like I like Robin, but this is just shit. Yeah. I think he's, well, I think he's figuring things out and I, I'm trying to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because this is a very bad situation for him to, for him to find himself in. And I do have to give Regina props because by the end of the episode, you know, she and Robin Hood have a one-on-one and she just tells him flat out, look, I've tried everything. I cannot fix this. You have to fix this with true love's kiss. You go back. You need to go fall back in love with your wife. 
because I can't do it for you. Like the idea of needing to <coughs> fall in love with an icicle, just being like, just standing there. Hey, hi, I hey, hope you baby. love me still. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, I. How suspicious would it be? Like we keep saying, sus. It's a sus. It's so suspicious. Uh, but like, be like, oh yeah, I fell back in love with her while she was frozen. <laughs> Is that better? Well, there's going to be a lot worse to come when it comes to Marion, and we're 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 just going to have to put a, the biggest pin in that because I'm not I can't even unpack the nightmare we're about to um the nightmare journey we're about to undertake together. So we get to the van, we open it up, and it's been cleaned out except for this one totally not suspicious locked case. Like, oh wow, there's who a locked case their- in here when there's nothing else. Who locks up their ice cream? Um, business owners who don't want people stealing their merchandise. Yeah, I, I, I don't see why this was seen as a big deal. But, <laughs> but Hook, you know, he's got his hook back, so he's you know go thunk and he fix it and he open it up, and lo and behold, it is a file of Emma's entire life since she landed in in the real world from the enchanted forest. And she's been keeping track of everything. She's even got, like, birthday cards. She's got pictures. She has cards from Emma that say, like, thank you for being, like, the mother I never had. Like, I do like the scene between Hook and Emma that when they're talking, th- going through all of this. Like, Emma's reaction I thought was really good because she's not freaking out. She's trying to figure it out. And she's yeah. she's like, you know, she's using her 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 common sense. And she's like, look, obviously this woman meant a lot to me. I don't remember what it is, but we need to figure this out. Because in any other situation, like if you had Belle doing this, she'd be freaking the F out. She'd be like, oh, my God, I knew her and I loved her. What is this? What's going on? Rumple, save me. Like, that's not what Emma's about. So just just a little thought experiment. Can you imagine if Snow Snow White, Mary Margaret ever finds that card oh no all i could think about was her when i when she heard like thank you for being the family i never had i'm just like somewhere mary margaret is just like there's a disturbance in the force like that uh because it is and and emma's right i did like this because it it is the sign of someone who cares about someone of just being like look at all this nonsense that she kept it's like this really admittedly crappy drawing of a sunrise or sunset. Who knows? And it's just like, but she kept it in a folder. And along with a bunch of other stuff, along with a weird journal uh, note in weird runes. Uh, but yeah, she kept a lot of the stuff. And there's just like this very large gap. I, You're right. I like this scene between Emma and Hook, too, having this conversation. And Emma being her normal, rational self. Her yes. best self. Uh, we also get a little bit of a scene between Gold and Ingrid once again. It's literally copy-paste from the previous one. He goes up to her and he's like, look, you want to make a deal? She's like, I'm in control. If I want to make a deal, I'll let you know. But I don't need a deal right now, so you go away. You don't have leverage. And Rumble goes, oh, don't I? He doesn't, at least not yet. And then he walks away. That's literally it. Okay, but the... (laughs) I love the line that she says. He's like, listen, she found the videotape. She knows that you were part of her life. And she just like keeps walking through the woods. And she like, she's just like, if she found that, it's because I wanted her to find it. I'm like, that is like next level bullshit. They just be like, <laughs> oh, she found that thing that I didn't want her to find out. Of course she did. I put, I put that right in her path. I'm like, no, she opened it herself. Hook started watching it. Like it, it made no sense for her to say that. 
And I talked about this before of like Rumpel just pretends plans are how he wants them to be, even in the face of them not being. She's doing the same thing, and I respect it. Yeah, I just. Well, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna save my final point until the very end, but I have a big question, like this huge question mark about Ingrid's whole plan, because it's just incredibly flawed and does not make any sense but listen beth she needs a heart she needs courage and she needs a brain (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah she came in a cyclone (laughs) (laughs) i came in a cyclone i came in a cyclone oh if we ever have merch it's just gonna be i came in a cyclone well well elsa joins bell at the library even though bell is acting very shady and does not want her to join but it's like yeah sure elsa why don't you join me? Arendelle? Never heard of her. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Anna? What's that? Who knows? And and then she's just like, all right, well, bye. I'm going to go to the pawn shop. And this is when things take a turn. They take a very, um, they take a very turn. I don't know how else to put it because Gold's there. Belle shows up and she's like, hey, I know something you don't. And I need to go do something with that information. I can't tell you what it is, but you got to come with me. We got to go find the Snow Queen's lair and fi- and do something there. And he's like, no, what are you talking about? That's that's stupid. And it's it's suicide. What are you talking about? No, we're not going. She's like, oh, aren't we? <laughs> and pulls out the fake dagger. And as stupid as this was... I got to give props to the actress because when she pull, when she's like, I don't want to do this, she pulls it out. Her hand is shaking. And I thought like her acting was very good, but the scene Agreed. was very bad. Listen, I will I will put the moment like just them getting married was the part where their relationship nosedived and has become irredeemable because almost immediately there's a fake dagger involved. Like it's just once the fake dagger was in play and the dagger at all was in play it ruined all of this because now you've set up Belle to have this moment. This is not a heroic moment for her. Not a heroic moment for Rumpel to be playing along and then what he does later. You're right. I also noticed how much it shook. I like that. I do also enjoy how awkward she looks every time she's holding it because every time she never holds it like a knife. She always holds it perfectly leveled to the ground with Rumpelstiltskin face up. And just always right here, always held up like it's an art piece. She does it every time she pulls it out. And it's so funny to me. This sucked. Uh, this would not, Be- Belle wouldn't have done this, especially over the reason she did this. I hated this. I texted you immediately when this started happening. I'm like, no, this, no. Because I- there is a point that's coming up not too far from now where Belle is going to use the dagger to do something and I remember that moment and I really like that moment because that made sense for what the character was going through of course you know time heals all wounds maybe I'll watch it now and I'm gonna hate it upon second viewing but this was not that moment it doesn't matter if it was real or fake Belle went and searched for a Yahweh why does she need Rumple to take her to the Snow Queen she doesn't. She also was just like, her dad was just like, no, don't worry about it. And then she fully went to a different country. 
she would she would the same thing would happen rumple would have been like no absolutely not you can't go see the snow queen and then he'd leave and she would look into nothingness and just be like sorry rumple this is something i have to do for myself and then go anyway like this this was all again it's much like the climbing up a cliff just to have anna fall down the cliff it is all just very contrived and again this is a dagger that fully controls a person her spouse like that i i when you frame it that way i think that's the part that bothers me the most it's not like he trusted her with it because she was just like some other person and she was doing this and their relationship has always been kind of rocky this is the person she married with her eyes wide open and now she's doing this over a person she met once over a bad decision she kind of made yeah and it's like you know rumple has already failed her by not giving her the real dagger because he's not actually trusting her but she's now failing him and i don't think either of them can justify their actions up to this point they have they have started their marriage in a on a really really bad foot i i will put all of the onus on this in rumple he put the toxicness into this relationship into their marriage first and for like it's the first thing he did will you marry me here's a fake dagger like he started this whole thing off wrong he's being shady he's lying to her he's being weird it is setting her up for like not saying that take all the way all the way um all of her like whatever all of her um what am i looking for culpability culpability yeah like she's not she's not unculpable but she he made it weird it's weird from the start if he were just supportive because the reason he doesn't want to go with her is because he doesn't want to face the snow queen because he knows her too they both suck they're two people who both know who the snow queen is and could be solving the situation but they're keeping it even from each other this marriage is failing it is and 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 i don't want to it's not a 50 50 it's definitely no. the ball is definitely more in rumple's court but i also don't want to like bell's bell is making a bad decision here this is Correct. a wrong thing that she's doing and i don't i don't want to blame rumple entirely because that's not that's not i fair sure to would him. like to I sure would like to. I mean, we could <laughs> throw the blame at everybody. Blame all around. Okay, so they go, and she's like, all right, well, here's the Snow Queen's lair. I hate this set. As I said last week, I hate this set. I'm never not going to hate this set. And she says, hey, you stand guard and watch. And he goes, okay, fine. Stand guard and watch. I will do that because the dagger told me to. The, the dagger that makes me do things. I do it because you make me. I'll stand here. And she goes inside. But only if I really want to come inside, I can. It's fine. And she just proceeds to just stare and try and find a thing. And th- there's just no no plan that was that was. She didn't think this far. Like, did she just think that the box was just going to be out on the counter? Like, what? It, I don't know what she thought. But that doesn't matter because she's immediately distracted by, um. The world's greatest ring light. Oh, like I, I mean, I would stare at this thing forever, not because it would make me want to kill people, but because, damn, my skin's glowing. Look at me. Hey, you would never go into your day thinking that you were anything less than a bad bitch with a mirror like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not surprised that Ingrid spends a lot of her time in her room just staring at that mirror and smiling slyly because I'm like, yeah. 
you get it. You and get plus it, with, girl. Plus, with that good of lighting, your makeup's going to look flawless and no matter what kind of lighting you have. So it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Just side note, how did Belle not see the thing she was looking for in their weird Airbnb sex house that she found? It was sitting out. Did he immediately pocket it? Um, I think she was too distracted by the view and I think he pocketed it at the time. And also, I don't think the writers had um, written into the show that she knew what the box was. We write these episode by episode. I honestly don't think that they thought, thought, I mean, sometimes plot elements don't reveal themselves until later. Oh, what if, what if Belle had seen the box? Okay, fine. Fuck it. Let's do it. So she gets distracted by Yasmira <coughs> and it turns out inside it is Belle. And I was extremely distracted because it was a bell that was looking straight at the camera with the ring light. So it did the thing with the rings around the irises. And I'm like, it's distracting, but your skin is glorious. So I forgive it. And uh, she proceeds to dish her the cold hard truth that her marriage is a lie. That she's not doing the right things right now. And also, girl, your dagger is fake. What are you talking about? Like, this this mirror was MVP. Best of the episode. Oh, yeah. The mirror is telling her stuff that I think she already knew anyway. Uh, but I will say, synchronicity-wise, this is fantastic to be watching in parallel with uh, Moon Knight. Because a mirror looking at you telling you you're a dumbass? <laughs> is that, like, it, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, no. That's a, it's a, yeah, it's a very, um, just Stephen Grant things. Just Moon Knight things. Just Mr. Knight things. Uh, yeah, like, I, I love it where it's just like, hey, your marriage is dumb. You're dumb. And your dagger is dumb. You know why? Because it's not the real dagger. Mm. And the whole time, Belle holds it up. And again, she holds it up completely parallel to the ground. She's like, no. It's real. He loves me. He loves me. He gave me this. And it's like, girl, that knife is way too big for you. Why do you keep carrying it like that? And then, like, that's when, like, Rumpel shows up. And it's just like, let's get the hell out of here because the mirror is telling you too many terrible, true, but terrible things. Oh, yeah. Let's this go. is like this is like when the um, when the bad for you boyfriend, uh, he he's staring across the room and sees you chatting with your girlfriend is like, no, she's saying some shit about me. I can tell I got to get her. I got to remove her from the situation. But Belle told saying, him to wait outside, right? Well, he says technically no. So he's like, he's like, I didn't technically break your rule. I, I hate, I hated this. This is the part where he reaffirmed that I hate him more. Because <laughs> it was her honestly being like, uh, the mirror told me that you've been lying to me and that this dagger isn't real. And also that makes sense because I commanded you to stay out and you came in anyway. And he was like, no, gaslight. Okay, so Ingrid, girl boss, Rumple, gaslight. Because it was, no, no, honey, I just knew that you were in danger. So I fought through it. I had to pain myself to come through and save you. I have to save who holds my dagger. I, I don't know what the logic was. And then Belle starts crying out an apology. All of my skin crawled entirely off my body i hated this i hated this on a very I, I act, personal level i actually feel like it was almost a little bit worse because he did say like he was fighting his nature but he t he basically was like no you told me to to keep watch and 
I was keeping watch and noticed a Snow Queen coming. So I came to warn you that's keeping watch. I didn't break your rule. I was still following your rule. You just worded your rule wrong. Meanwhile, when he was being controlled by uh, Zelina, I keep having to correct myself and not say Elphaba. It's wild. Uh, <laughs> so Zelina, like he was in control under Zelina and he was like physically like being like, you need to go because I will still hurt you. Because I was commanded to do something certain. Like, I can tell you these things, but I can't stop myself from doing them. Like, physically, he wouldn't have been able to do that. He would have only been able to turn and start shouting. If the dagger were real. And I feel like, Belle, please, just... Uh, I, and one more brain cell. I just want one more brain cell to work while she talks to Rumpel. Because all of that was such grade A level horse shit. And she was like, I'm so sorry, you're right. I'm just, like, in a place, and I don't know, and you're right, you're such a good husband, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I hate this so much. Yeah, and he told her everything the mirror that the mirror said wasn't true. Yeah. But it is true. Just like, again, like you said, it's like your, like, you know, your good friend being like, hey man, I, I don't know, like, I feel like you're boyfriend's doing some weird stuff like it, it's not okay that he's telling you some of this stuff and then you like go back and you're like hey i was talking to my friend and she was and i was like no your friend is dumb that's how friend that's how abusers isolate you from your friend group they like they sever all of those things because they don't want you talking to people who've known you and know what a red flag looks like i, I just i hated this so much and and it was just like oh and now we will go and bell will just spill her guts about everything I don't know. Well, we have a couple things to close close out the episode. First, Gold heads back to Ingrid and is like, hey, you said I don't have leverage? Well, guess what? I got the sorcerer's hat. How do you feel about my leverage now? I could suck you up into this hat and you would die. I kind of feel like Rumpel could have done that a while ago. I don't... I guess maybe he forgot about the hat and just needed Belle to remind him because, like... The, the fact that Ingrid had seen the hat and was scared of it shouldn't, like, that shouldn't affect anything. Rumpel knows what the hat does. He's used it. I think it was just he wasn't going to use it, but then, like, suddenly her mirror started, th- like, threatening his well-being. Mm. Because before, like, it had nothing to do with him. He could, he could logic his way out of it being like, this doesn't affect me. This is affecting Emma and other people. This is not affecting me personally, and she's keeping her distance from me. But now the mirror told my wife about the lies I've been telling her, and now I have a personal stake in it. Also, I guess I understand what you're trying to do, and it's dumb. So I I have this hat. Don't make me use it. Just use it. Be the hero. Get it done. I know it would be weird that you'd have to explain how you got the sorcerer's hat, but why didn't you just do it? Don't show it to her. Don't talk to her. Just, like, stand by the tree and go... Yeah, just, sni- just snipe her from a tree. Like, what's she going to do? I-, I assume one of the books in Belle's library will just be like page 346. Anna is being kept in X, Y, and Z, and this is how you free her. Everything is in Belle's library. If we just read enough books, we'll figure out where <laughs> Anna is. We don't need the Ice Queen to be alive. Well, so nothing really comes of this. He just wants to kind of know what Ingrid has planned and this is also as Elsa and Emma are discovering what Ingrid has planned. They discover that um, that Ingrid had two sisters. Oh, sorry, that that um, that there were three girls, not two. So there were three sisters. And now that you know, 
they're the other two are are dead or presumably both are dead uh ingrid wants to uh reconstitute her family unit and and bring about a a new era of of girl girl boss girl time girl power with presumably elsa and anna sorry no elsa and emma because she told anna hey i thought you me and elsa were going to be that unit but no you're you're a normie i can't deal with normies i like i like that it's just like ingrid being like okay listen like okay stay with me what if it was charmed stay with me but we're all blonde (laughs) yeah (laughs) i get to be piper dibs on piper uh yeah, she just wants to reconstitute like some sort of like weird snow light magic power of three with the mirror, and the spell is going to be like uh, uh, the the spell of shattered sight, uh, something like that. Yeah, which will basically turn the town into a bunch of like those really fast moving zombies from walk from like Walking Dead or something, or or the Ravagers from Firefly, where they will just tear they will be confronted with their the darkest selves and they're going to tear the town apart and they're going to everybody's going to just mass murder everybody else granny's going to come out with her crossbow she's going to start shooting people and and apparently the only people who are going to be left are Ingrid, Emma and Elsa and Emma and Elsa are going to be chill with it emphasis on the chill and they're going to have this new utopia thing with just the three of them on the corpses of all the other dead people you that's know, the grand plan like friends do yeah. What is this? So this may get explained in future episodes, but the timeline of this makes no sense to me. I don't understand how like if this I don't understand how all of this is like a thing because all of this plan was contingent on Emma and Hook going into the enchanted forest through a portal. And bringing back Elsa in a jar. Like, did did was this a situation where Ingrid was just hanging out forever? Saw Elsa come back and like, oh, I maybe I can do like maybe I can do something. and whipped up a plan, or did she just have this in her back pocket on the off chance that one day eventually Elsa would come back f- from the alternate reality? So Hook makes a comment about him being like 200 years old. Maybe Ingrid is just like of the mind of just being like, I will just wait. Eventually me, Elsa and, uh, and, uh, Emma will all exist at the same time. It'll happen. I don't have to do anything. If I have the power of thought, and positivity, I can use the secret to make it happen. I will manifest. Her mood board is just pictures of Elsa and Emma and just like hearts and just be like families forever. And I, it doesn't make any sense. She's going to say that it was all part of her plan. I think all of this was just happenstance and she found a moment to finally strike. It has to be what it is because this can't have been a long-term plan where she was biding her time because, yeah, she might be hundreds of years old. Elsa might be hundreds of years old. Emma is a normal aging human in who's been in on earth since she was a baby and she ages like a normal human person. So if, you know, Ingrid, maybe another 10, 15 years, like that's a drop in the bucket for Emma. She's now middle-aged. 
Well, I don't know. Everyone else grew up randomly, like grew up to a random age. Maybe they just all stop aging at like 35. Like it's just like, well, I get to 35 and I just chill out. Like my body has stopped because she is a product of the Enchanted Forest. So I would think that once she hits like adulthood, she just exists forever until stabbed to death. I mean, um, that, but like you have old, you have old people in the Enchanted Forest and they die. Like Charming's mom dies. But maybe there's did, like a she did get stabbed though. Yeah, well, maybe they make like there. Maybe there's like an active choice. I know I read this like like there's like this fantasy sci-fi novel that I read where it's just like women can only become pregnant once they've like prayed to the god of like fertility, and so they like open the gates of their womb. It's a whole situation. But maybe it's a similar thing, being like, you know what? I've been 28 and hot as hell for so long. I've decided I want to go into my retirement age. I want to go play play uh, bridge on on a deck in, in the Hamptons for the rest of my life. Uh, please let me begin aging. Maybe that's what happened. Like granny just one day decided she was ready to be a granny. She used to just be like some hot 28 year old until she decided she'd been bored with that for too long. It's like right. the Sims. You just pick your age. You know what? Listen, that sounds fine. <laughs> because again, we see people rapidly aging like Henry, who is now a taxpayer. <laughs> well, that's the episode. Ingrid now has her perfect plan that she's been working on forever, um, but relied on a bunch of happenstance in order to make complete. And Belle and Gold have the world's worst relationship. And at this point, no one can convince me otherwise that this is go that this can be saved. Maybe it can. Maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh, but right now this is not a relationship that can be saved. Girl, wash your face and get out. Oh, don't. You have got to stop name dropping these terrible women. Please stop. <laughs> this is the girl boss season. It's no. the girl boss season. It's the time rise of the girl boss. Oh, no. I will say, uh, and I forgot to mention it, but it was just like my favorite really depressing line that El that Anna said that I think was supposed to sound nice, but it's like when Belle was like, thank you so much for taking me to your grandpappy rock troll person. How can I ever repay you? And Anna just looks at her with her cheery little dimples and she just goes, having a friend is payment enough. And it's like, I think that was supposed to sound sweet. It sounded very upsetting. <laughs> just like, so happy to have a friend. I don't know anyone. <laughs> oh, Anna. And now she does definitely doesn't know anyone because she's presumably locked in a tower. Um, and I'm guessing Ingrid is probably going to send more of her ice clones out to uh, wreak havoc on the town. Oh, I, I also liked when, when Belle went into the ice cave, she th was hearing what she thought was Anna's voice, but it didn't sound like Anna. I don't know who the heck it sounded like. It was. I just, think it was. Was it supposed to be Belle? I couldn't tell what it was. It just didn't sound like Anna. I gotta be honest. I think like some some intern or page like recorded a fill in line because they're like, oh, we'll, we'll we'll patch it out later. We'll fill it in with an actor, and they just forgot to do it, and so it's just some yeah, random voice. Yeah, it's probably probably. Anyway, well, everybody. Tired of an episode. Yes, that was season four, episode six, family business, and yeah, not a good one. Not a good one. I, I will say, like, the the montage stakes are raised for final, like, minute where Belle is, like, talking about Shattered Sight while Ingrid looks into, uh, menacingly into the mirror. I thought that was cool. I like this Shattered Sight spell. I think it's really intriguing. I like the mirror. I want to stare into it forever. So, like, that part I like. I just hated everything else. I, I think... Some of my biggest complaints, I know we covered it, but it's like, 
it, this this whole episode re- relied a lot on the whole I read it in a book. Mm-hmm. I read it in a book. We found it in a book. They don't spend a lot of time reading. Like you don't read books quickly. I just that's the part I I like that this is the part where my immersion breaks. No, you would have to spend so much time going through those books and figuring out what you were talking about, what you were reading, and we at no point cut to Elsa reading. Like, it's just, like, we leave her, and then when we come back, she's like, I've read a thousand books. I know everything now. It's like, <laughs> I, I guess. She's like, and then I got a little distracted. I read, like, a whole bunch of books. Uh, I read Dune, had to slog through that, but I got through it. It didn't help much, but I read it. <laughs> uh, well, I do want to, and I will give a little bit of a final little note before we close out with our wonderful patron thank yous and everything. Um, international titles, most of them family business, but I wanted to give a shout out to German because, oh Lord, it is, it, it's almost nonsensical, but it's still like poetry. Um, it's in German. I'm gonna try and say it. Das Faximile der Liebe, which translates to the facsimile of love. That sounds like an 80s song. Yeah, and it, it means like a copy, like a written copy, like a love cop, like a copy of love. So I don't get it in the context of the episode, but it's beautiful. Well, it's a copy of love. We're like, you know, like the what Rumple and Bell have is like a copy, but more so uh, the what Ingrid is trying to do is make a copy of her sisters, but better. <gasps> oh, my God. It's we've... so smart. But as we've learned in multiplicity, copies of copies, not so great. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm really grasping at straws to make that make sense, but I just really like, I love anytime anyone uses the term facsimile. So 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode. You can tell we didn't like it because it's a longer, it's a longer go. We talk longer when we don't oh my like God. things. <laughs> uh, it just happens. Uh, We want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for your support, especially our Snow Queen level patrons. Uh, This week's Patreon shout out goes to Cecile Jenny. Cecile, thank you so much. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can head to patreon.com slash OUA timing. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Beth Elderkin. I'm at just underscore Abby. And we're going to be back next week with season four, episode seven, the snow queen. That's, that's, that's the title. It's a title. I think we're getting, I think we're getting the backstory. We love a good backstory. Let me see if I can uh, preview with the, um, I want to see what the German title is for next week. Cause that just sounds like it's gotta be really good. Right. Oh Yes. The Tragedy of the Three Sisters. Backstory. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Lucky Land Casino.
Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.